It's Thursday, April 30th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, federal stay-at-home guidelines in the U.S. are officially expiring, but we'll tell you why this doesn't exactly mean everything's back to normal. Then we'll break down two encouraging headlines from the world of medicine and why America's top infectious disease expert says things are looking up. And finally, Los Angeles is testing for COVID-19, and almost everyone's invited. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Okay, the COVID-19 pandemic is a rapidly changing story with lots of moving parts, and we're gonna help you sort out what exactly you need to know, starting with the three big developments of the day. Believe it or not, it's been a month and a half since President Trump issued the first round of federal guidelines advising people to avoid large crowds and stay home. If everyone makes this uh, change or these critical changes and sacrifices now, we will rally together as one nation and we will defeat the virus. Those guidelines were only supposed to last for 15 days. Then at the end of March, he extended those guidelines until today. And yesterday, Trump said he's not hitting the refresh button. He says it's now up to states to handle these kinds of guidelines. And to be clear, even though the federal guidelines to stay home expire today, it's been up to each state to decide when to give the all clear for us to leave home. Most states have their own stay at home orders and they all have different expiration dates. Some states are already opening up again. We told you a bit about Georgia earlier this week. Businesses are opening one at a time and people still have to social distance. Every state pretty much agrees, we've got to do this slowly. So we shouldn't expect much to change when the clock strikes midnight and the federal stay-at-home guidelines turn back into a pumpkin. We've still got a while to wait for the end of COVID-19. Meanwhile, Trump is trying to get his travel schedule back to normal. He said he plans to visit Arizona next week, and he's hoping to headline massive campaign rallies soon. If you want to learn more about what you can expect as the country reopens, head on over to theskim.com guide. Our second headline today involves how medical researchers are trying to tackle COVID-19. There are currently no vaccines to prevent people from catching COVID-19 and no approved treatments for people who've gotten sick from it. But this week, we got encouraging news on both fronts. The first big announcement had to do with results from a clinical trial of remdesivir, a drug to treat people with COVID-19. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the top infectious disease expert in the U.S., shared the good news from the Oval Office yesterday. The data shows that remdesivir has a clear-cut, significant, positive effect in diminishing the time to recovery. Fauci said remdesivir cut the recovery time of COVID-19 patients from 15 days to 11 days. While the drug didn't stop people from dying, Fauci was hopeful that with more clinical trials, the drug could speed up people's recoveries even more. The other big announcement this week came from the UK. Vaccine researchers at Oxford University had been working for years on a vaccine to treat other types of coronaviruses. So when COVID-19 emerged, they made a few changes and rushed to test their new vaccine on animals. This very excited NBC News correspondent reported the new findings. Now it has been adjusted for immunity against COVID-19 and tested on six monkeys at the Rocky Mountain Laboratories in Montana. After exposure to the virus, they report the monkeys did not get sick. 
After those results, the researchers now say it might be possible to have a COVID-19 vaccine by the end of this year. That would be months faster than even the most optimistic targets we've been hearing. And since nearly 100 COVID-19 vaccines are being developed around the world, and more than 180 treatments are being tested, with any luck, we could be getting more good news from researchers before long. Which brings us to our third big story of the day. Yesterday, Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti announced his city would offer what public health officials have long said is the key to getting back to normal life. Los Angeles will become the first major city in America to offer wide-scale testing to all of its residents, with or without symptoms. All across the country, we've heard reports of testing setbacks, like shortages of swabs or the chemicals needed to identify the virus. Only about a month ago, Garcetti says Los Angeles was testing less than 150 people a day, all of whom were first responders. So how did the city become the first in the country to offer testing for everyone? Let's go back to the end of March. As a whole, California was lagging pretty far behind New York and other hotspots in terms of testing. And like a lot of places, they were saving what tests they did have to test healthcare workers and people who were really sick. Also, like a lot of places, California was dealing with swab shortages. Yep, one of the state's biggest problems in ramping up testing has been getting enough of those long Q-tips that go up your nose. Since then, these are the things the state did to scale up. The governor created a testing task force. The state partnered with universities to set up testing labs. And hospital systems collaborated with the private sector to set up sites for people to get tested. And about those swabs, the federal government has started to pitch in. TBT to this Trump presser from earlier this month. We're calling in the Defense Production Act, and we'll be getting swabs very easily. Swabs are easy. Now, hundreds of thousands of swabs are on their way to California. And those are some of the things that allowed the city of Los Angeles to now test anyone who lives in LA County for free, regardless of whether they have symptoms. Though people with symptoms will still be given priority. The better the grasp LA has on the scope of its problem, the better it can tell when it's time to reopen. What LA is doing sounds good on paper. And since nearly every state is trying to ramp up testing, all eyes will be on Los Angeles to see how this experiment goes. A lot of places are pinning their hopes of reopening on the scale of their testing operations. Jersey City, just across the river from Skim HQ, says, starting next week, anyone who wants to get tested can. And the whole state of Colorado is planning to just about double or even triple its current testing capacity. But LA's operation is still the most ambitious. And if it's successful, it could teach other cities how to pull off widespread testing too. Like we said, there's a lot happening right now. To keep up to date on the latest news about COVID-19, head over to theskim.com slash COVID updates. We're big readers here at Skim HQ, especially now that we're spending a lot more time at home. If you love to read as much as we do and are looking for some new friends to chat with virtually, you'll probably also love Bad on Paper. It's a podcast hosted by best friends Grace Atwood and Becca Freeman. Every month, they hold a book club, choosing from a range of genres, everything from romance to thrillers and more. And in between the monthly book discussions, Grace and Becca chat with fascinating people like Eva Chen and Cindy Crawford. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Check out Bad on Paper on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Okay, we're pressing pause on the latest developing stories to talk about a très chic garage sale. Because the French are getting ready to say au revoir to a part of their history. Today we learned that, in September, France's National Furniture Collection is going to auction off about 100 objects dating back to the 1800s. That's just a tiny fraction of the over 130,000-piece collection of antiques used to furnish official buildings like the President's House. We're talking chandeliers, rugs, porcelain, and more. But maybe don't say ooh-la-la just yet. The collection's director says they're only selling items that have no heritage value. So stuff that hasn't been used by French aristocracy and other well-to-do people. This is still a big deal, though. The collection has auctioned off pieces before, but usually not this many at once. And this time, all the proceeds from the auction will help support the country's hospitals. Talk about a good second act for some dusty antiques. No matter your situation, sometimes you just need to press pause. And every week, we send out an email with some of our favorite things to help you take a break. To sign up, head on over to theskim.com slash press pause. Before we go, let's check our voicemail. Hi, I'd just like to give a shout out to some of the essential workers that we don't hear much about. Medical workers, first responders, grocery workers, and delivery drivers get a lot of credit, but... There are others like your bank tellers that we don't hear about. And when we're all calling and saying, where's my stimulus check or my unemployment? Your bank people are getting flooded with those requests and they're there every day doing their best to help us all. So thank you to those banks, credit unions, and other financial first responders for hanging in there for us. And that's all for Skim This. Remember, we want to hear your shout-outs. Maybe it's a message for a friend working on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic, or a loved one who you can't physically meet up with right now. Give us a call at 646-461-6370 and leave us a voicemail. For more updates throughout the day, follow us on Instagram at The Skim.